Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Debbie Desmond. How many of you know we were made for the blessing of the Lord? We were made for blessing. And in fact, we crave blessing in our lives. And the reason why is because God made us to be blessed, to live blessed. That's how we were meant to live. Um, In fact, right in the beginning in Genesis, God says, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. That's That's God's will for you, that you be blessed. He blessed them and he said, be fruitful and increase in number. What's be fruitful and increase in number? That's blessing. So that's what's... That's our creation design. We are meant to live in the blessing of God. Um, the next person that I think of immediately in the Bible when it comes to this is Abraham. And God said, I am going to bless you to be a blessing. That was his way. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. In fact, he went on um, to say to Abraham, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. And in fact, the whole earth is going to be blessed because I bless you so much. That's a lot of blessing. And God wants you to be blessed too. That's your design. He wants you to be blessed and he wants to bless you so much that you will be a blessing to others. In fact, what that means is that you will not be able to contain the blessing so that it has to run over to others. I love that scripture. It says, given it will be given you a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what your life is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be, you're supposed to be so blessed that you have resources to give and bless other people. And I, when, I'm, when I'm talking about blessing, I'm not talking about finances. Finances is a very little bit are blessing, okay? Yeah. Um, when the Bible talks, in the Bible, it talks about riches, and then it, God talks about true riches. Mm. And, um, and so there are riches. God wants to bless you with riches that are, is so much more than finances. Includes finances because we need finances to live, but so much more than just finances. He wants you to have normal riches, but more so than that, True riches, what God refers to as true riches. And you know what? There's two ways that we, you know, like I said, we all crave blessing in our lives because we are made for it. There's two ways because of our craving we can go about pursuing blessing. The one is to trust God or the other is to trust ourselves use our own effort, our own strength, our own wisdom to get blessing in our lives or to trust God to bring it into our lives. Amen? So remember, and I say this all the time, and those people in Bible school are probably, um, you know, this is going around in your mind all the time. There are always two sources of life. Either self or God. I'm going to say it again. You have this option is moment by moment available to you in your day. Your source can either be God or yourself. 
always. You are walking around and you are constantly choosing between these two. And depending on your operating system, whether you use worldly natural wisdom or whether you use heavenly wisdom, will determine how you respond to blessing being poured out, both in your life and in those around you, depending on this. And the reason why I want to speak on this this morning is because um, sometime in this, in this week, the beginning of this last week, um, I woke up and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, blessing is coming. Great blessing is coming and we need to prepare our hearts for it. We need to prepare our hearts. Remember, um, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the culture of our hearts, cultivating that culture. Blessing is coming, and we need to prepare our hearts for it. So we're going to go, and we're going to read James 3, from James 3.13. I go so often to the scripture because it's got so much good wisdom in it. We're going to read from verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, There will be disorder and every vile, evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I just want to carry on reading, but I'm just going to actually read in another version of the Bible. So it goes in verse 4, it's for me, verse, I mean, chapter 4 actually explains what he's talking about um, just before in um, chapter 3. It says, what is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you don't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and you want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, um, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And um, and he gives grace generously, as the scripture says. That one, um, the... Let me read it in, it says. Or do you not suppose it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy, a jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will free, 
flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. So I just see here, I'm just quickly going to make sure that my recordings go. Here we see James is distinguishing these two two wisdoms. He speaks about a heavenly wisdom, a a wisdom from above, a heavenly wisdom. And then he speaks about an earthly, which is actually a demonic wisdom. He goes on to explain it. Um, And he distinguishes the one as being meek. It says the... um, Wisdom that comes from meek. Yeah, let me... I keep on, okay, here we go. Let him show by good conduct conduct, what his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. So the one is based in weakness, uh, meekness, not weakness, meekness. And um, the other one is selfish ambition. It's all to do with self, okay? So these these are the two um, operating systems. Again, what, what is it? It's, it's, it's God or self. So we, we saw there, um, I'm going to go back to that scripture. Um, it says, but if you harbor bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom. So I just want to look at that word jealousy. because, And this is why I'm looking at this. Because when blessing comes, often jealousy is just right there. And that's what, why we want to look in our hearts as how do we best receive God's blessing, right? So jealousy has a possessive element and a component of rivalry. In other words, it's different from envy or covetousness in that it believes that it's entitled to or should possess something, okay? I wrote it down here. It says, um, some, someone has or is trying to take what I believe belongs to me. That's the possessive element. And there's a root of fear there because basically they fear losing something that they either feel they should possess or they feel is there or, or is theirs and someone's taken it away from there. So this here is rooted in fear. Um, and often the thing or person or experience is what they consider their source of happiness and their significance and their value is in that thing, okay? So, like, they feel like having that thing makes them feel secure, makes them feel value, valuable, makes them feel significant, okay? So if that thing's taken away from, from them or otherwise someone else gets it and they feel like they didn't get it, like, for example, a job promotion or whatever it might be, okay, and someone else gets that thing and they feel like, but I wanted that, okay, that's when it comes um, into play Um, because they feel their value, significance, etc., is in that thing. Um, But it's really an illusion, right, because... I'm sure you've heard the saying, happiness is an inside job. 
You just have to look at incredibly wealthy, popular people. And, you know, um, I mean, in the last decade, we've actually seen quite a few of those people actually commit suicide. They didn't think life was worth living. You know, popularity, money, they don't, they, they, may, they may promise you significance and value, etc. But it doesn't make you happy. I think of in the Bible, there's that scripture about the guy, you know, he made a whole lot of money and he thought, I'm set. And he, um, not a whole, he had a great harvest, um, which I suppose amounts to money. And then he said, I'm set. And he takes it and he stores it all in a barn and he thought, I'm set for life. I'm just, and he felt incredibly secure, right? And um, the Bible says, but he didn't know his life was going to be taken the next day. I don't know about you, but I often find that I'm in those places where, you know, you live your life and there are moments where you realize that actually I'm not as in control as I think I am. You know, someone um, passes away and you, re- you realize, wow, you know what? My life could be taken at any moment. Um, there's sometimes like, you know, you could lose your job at any moment and have no money. We put our security in things like a salary whatever, or in a relationship, whatever it might be, um, all these things, and, and, and you feel like if you, you know, you feel like you're in control, but it really is an illusion, because you're not. Um, God is ultimately in control, and we ultimately need to put our trust and our security in, in him. When we get our significance, our security, and our, um, our value from Anything other than God, eventually we're going to start seeing insecurity, anxiety, and fear come and flood our souls. Because if we're not just trusting in God to that, well, actually not trusting God, but believing God, I suppose, which is trusting, that we are already secure. We are already accepted. We are secure in Him, that we can actually trust Him that we are valuable because he said we're valuable, that we are significant because he's already given us significance. If we, don't, if we don't accept that, then we will find we will have to try and get that ourselves. This is, again, we either trust God for that value, that significance, and believe him. If we don't do that, we will find it on our own. And this is where this jealousy comes in. Because when we step into this wisdom of the natural wisdom, that's what, that, it starts with selfish ambition. It starts with self. It's basically saying, I need to secure my own happiness. I need to secure my value. I need to secure my significance. And so I will start doing things in order to secure it. And then, because there's only so much going around in the natural, right, and I'm, I'm trust, then I'm, it's rivalry with everyone around me for the resources to, or for us to prop ourselves up in our value, significance, etc., right? And really, and, and, and we live in this anxiety and fear of like, are we going to make it? You know, are we going to get that thing? Are we going to... And will that person come and take it away from me? Because it's all about you securing it. 
And so there's, there's insecurity and um, anxiety in our, in our lives. And that fear, that fear is the root of things like jealousy, lust, greed, um, slander, depression, anger, etc. That fear. That fear that we are insignificant, that we don't have value, it pushes us to try and take that for ourselves. And as a result, the works of the flesh are lust, greed, envy, slander, etc., etc. So you can rely on the spirit or you can rely on the flesh. If you rely on the spirit, the the, the, um, wisdom of meekness, and we're going to look at meekness now, you will receive the fruit that it speaks of in James. If you rely on the spirit of the flesh, you're going to see basically at the end every evil practice. Mm. Now, I I must admit, I I have this sort of little love affair with the word meekness. I just love it. When I read about it in the Bible and I, um, I just thought... This is just the best word. It's called, in the Greek, it's pros. Um, and we actually, it's um, meekness in, in the English language is like an old word for us. We don't, I mean, how often do you use the word meek in your vocab? Like hardly ever. But it's, it's really the most beautiful word. Um, and um, it, it means, obviously, pros means meek. <laughs> Gentle, humble. Those are probably the, the best ways. Um, humble and gentle. Okay. But it really, that actually doesn't actually give the essence of the word. So I, I've actually written out here, and I'm going to read for you, um, the Strong's Dictionary. In the Strong's Dictionary, it's a little bit more broader um, explanation of it. It says, in the Old Testament, the meek are those who rely on God rather than their own strength. Gentleness or meekness is the opposite of self-assertiveness and self-interest. It stems from trust in God's goodness and control over the situation. The gentle person is not occupied with self at all. This is a work of the Holy Spirit, not the human will. So being meek, really, if I want to like put it down to... Um, like what it really is, it's like you're not in any way obsessed with yourself. There's no self-interest. Like you don't even think of yourself. And that, so humble would be really um, a, 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 a wonderful, it would, I could say humble, but we all got such connotations when we think of humble. Everyone's got different connotations of what that looks like. But meekness is when you're not conscious of self you're conscious of God in every aspect of your life. You're not conscious constantly of yourself, how to, like I was saying, you're not like trying to think in all oh, my value. You're just so conscious of God, so aware of who he is, and as a result, how he sees you. Like you have, there's no, there, you're not obsessed with yourself. Like, I don't know about you, but I mean, I have to confess, I probably am obsessed with myself. <laughs> You know, I, 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 have to, I have to say, like, I, I could repent of that every couple of minutes in my life. I'm sorry, but I, I, I do. I'm, I'm on my knees saying, God, I, <laughs> I, 
um, you know, I have to stop obsessing about myself. You know? <laughs> um, so, so this is something like, oh, that's why I love this word. I say, Jesus, this is what I want to be. You know, I don't want to, because I don't know what I have found that being obsessed with myself is enslaving. It is tiring. It's exhausting. I want to be free of myself, believe me. And that's what Jesus did, and we'll get into that. But you know what? The most exciting thing when I was reading about the word meek, for me, the most exciting thing was that, you know the, the list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? You know that where it says gentleness? That's the word. That's the word. So you could replace that with humility or you could replace it with meekness. I like to replace it with meekness because, you know, I've got this the idea of this biblical idea of what meek is. And I just it's a fruit of your spirit. This is something I cannot work in my life. I have to say, God, firstly, I I repent of my obsession with myself. And I just come before you and I pray, fill me with your Holy Spirit and let the fruit of your Spirit manifest in my life through meekness. Um, it's not surprising that another place where that word pros is used for meek, it says, when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble in heart and you will find rest your souls. Why will you find rest for your souls? Because he's meek. And in, in, in meekness means I am fully reliant and dependent and trusting God for every source and everything I need in my life, starting with our primary needs of value, significance, etc. And of course, in Matthew 5, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Wow. I mean, this is a scripture we need to meditate on. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Um, Moses was said to be one of the meekest men in the, in the world. I think it, it, in that, in, I think it was, was it Exodus or Deuteronomy? Just, exactly. Which shows that, you know, he, and he wasn't being, if you look at his life, he wasn't being boastful or arrogant. Abraham was someone else who was meek. I, the, the thing that shows me um, his meekness probably the most was when Abraham and Lot had to separate. And they were sitting there and he gave Lot the first choice. He said, choose. He didn't say, like, okay, I'm your elder here because in that society they're like, I'm taking this, you can take that. No, he said, choose. Why, why could he do that? Because he trusted that no matter what he got, God could prosper him. So he, he said, choose. And when you look, he said, oh, Lot looked out and thought, wow, that, that is a good land. I'm taking it. So he took it and Abraham took this and Guess who got blessed and prospered? <laughs> Abraham got blessed and prospered because he trusted the Lord. I was listening to something this week. The, the prime minister um, of Israel was talking about they're the ninth, um, the ninth largest pro- um, economic producer in the world. Is that right, Knight? I think, yeah. uh, ninth. Um, and um, this is in the short, Israel's short life. 
And he said... Um, it's one of the smallest countries in the world. In the world. And it's a, basically a desert, mm. right? Mm. I mean... And, he, and then he said, uh, and they asked him, well, what's, wh- what would you say is the reason for this? And he said, faith. Faith. What's faith? It's trusting in God. And so, the, so does it really matter? Like, you know, you can, you can pick any place. God, the thing is, if you're just thinking of yourself and your own effort, yes, you have to look for the best place. You have to, you know... Um, if, if there's someone like Locke there, you're like elbowing him out and saying, I'm taking this. But if you trust in God, it doesn't matter what you land up with, you will be blessed. That's the difference between someone who's meek and the someone who is motivated by selfish ambition, by self, okay? It's either <laughs> we have a choice to live by these two, the wisdom of the world or the wisdom of heaven, It's either by the Spirit of God, trusting in the Spirit of God, or the Spirit of this world. Um, And ultimately, what I thought about is it comes down to which spirit are you going to partner with, really. And like I said, you have that choice every moment of the day. Are you going to... a partner with the Holy Spirit with meekness, because that's the spirit of meekness? Are you going to partner with the spirit, that spirit of meekness? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to partner with the demonic spirit, the, heaven, the, the earthly wisdom, which is self-ambition? Mm-hmm. Which one are you going to partner with? Being meek is a state of being content for God to be all in all in your life. Where you trust him completely and rely on him for your value, your acceptance, your blessing, your significance, everything. You rely on him. And the result is deep peace. Deep peace. And, and I want to say deep peace that's not determined by circumstances. Because here in Philippians 4, I want to read the scripture, verse 4, verse 11 says, not, this is Paul speaking, he says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. That was Abraham. Oh, Lot, sure, you can take that. I'll be content with this land. Why? Why did he learn to be content? He was content because he knew God could bless him anywhere. Because his blessing wasn't dependent on the great thing that, that Lot got. I know how to be brought low. And I know how to abound. In any and every situation, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So who are you going to partner with? And the interesting thing, it says, if you partner, if you, if you operate in this um, spirit of meekness, it, say, it goes on in James there. It says, these are the fruits. Purity, peace, kindness, sincerity, consideration of others. Those are the fruits that are going to come out of it. If you don't, though, <laughs> then the Bible says, let's just have a look here. Um, that spirit, the fruit is going to be a whole lot of, let me, where was it? Put it in. Oh, yeah. 
For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, disorder, and every evil practice. That's the fruit. That's the fruit of if you say, I'm going to get it, I'm going to trust myself. Confusion, disorder, and every evil practice. If you are feeling at any time in your life some form of anxiety, just that fear, insecurity, if you're feeling those things, take note. Because basically what you've done is you've lost connection. You've disconnected from your true source. And you have got, instead of being here, you have got here to... I. I am not feeling valuable, etc. I'm feeling it's because you're feeling that you're going to attain it on your own. And as soon as you feel like you have to get it on your own, there's fear that comes up. Am I going to get it? Will so and so get it before me? Will I manage to succeed, etc., etc.? So, and immediately you have this, you're compelled to justify your value, your worth, your significance, etc., because you're having to prop it up. You're, you start feeling. You start measuring yourself because you want to get value by other people. You're trying to get that for yourself. Um, And so mark that in your life and get reconnected with God and let him be your all in all so you can come back to that level of peace and faith, exercise faith to receive what he needs. Now, when you don't entrust yourself to the Lord and you then are compelled to take, because you need this, you need significance and value in your life. You need it. It's, it's the basic need of your life. You almost, you, you need it as much as you need food. Yeah. So if you're not getting it from God, you will be compelled to get it somewhere. Okay? And if you don't entrust that need to the Lord, um, and you take matters in your own hand, immediately it gives the enemy an opportunity to exploit that situation. And I, I really thought of Ahab and Jezebel. Um, Ahab wanted Naboth's um, Bath's field. He wanted it. He had a plan for it, etc. And Naboth said, I'm not giving it to you. And, I, I, and so then Ahab went and he was sulking. He wanted that, etc. And then, of course, Jezebel comes along and said, oh, I can get it for you. And he didn't say no. He said, he said, okay, basically. And she went out, and basically what she did, what she, she got him falsely accused and as a result murdered. <gasps> Naboth. Naboth, yes. So that Ahab could have the field. And this is the spirit, this Jezebel spirit, that we open up our lives to when we get into this natural earthly wisdom. Yeah. Um, it happened with Jesus. The Pharisees, if you look through the Gospels, the Pharisees, you see the Pharisees um, being jealous of him and the people's regard for him, etc. And so they started plotting. What happened? They falsely accused Jesus and he was murdered. Saul and David, another good example. Someone jealous. And so plotted to kill him. That's the, I, I look, remember I said to you, we're talking about this prevailing Jezebel spirit in the world system at the moment, a couple of weeks back, and talking about 
One of its aspects is intimidation and fear. Well, here is another one. Here is another one that we really see working at the moment. We are living a world where people are so um, devoid of identity. Their value, they are so insecure um, because of various different issues. Obviously, not knowing God, but father issues, family, the breakdown of family. People are like in a frenzy to find significance and value in our world today, right? They really are. And bring into that world other people getting blessed. What's going to happen? Jealousy. And when jealousy comes in, Jezebel will be right there to say, I will sort it out for you. And that's why we have this whole prevailing, you know what? If anyone rises in blessing, I want Jezebel to take him out. So we have a cancel culture. People are accused, cancel, cancel, cancel. Have you seen that in the world? Um, Really, um, if anyone is exalted, whether it be favor, wealth, fortune, it immediately causes immense eternal, internal anxiety where they feel measured and they feel the rivalry coming up. And unfortunately, we live in a world where people's self-images are so fragile, they're so propped up by things that they actually can't deal with people around them being blessed and rising up around them. Um. And as a result, their, shall we say, their solution, I put it in my notes here, where did I put it? Well, anyway, their solution is no one should rise up. We should all be the same. Then if, then it prevents that fear and anxiety rising up in me, if everyone's the same, then I'll be okay. I'm secure. If everyone is the same, if no one's got more money, more favor, more popularity, then I will, I will be, have this sort of false security. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anyone pop up and be blessed, I, I'm not going to feel good about myself. Do you understand? And so we see this growing political leaning towards egalitarianism where everyone needs to be equal in every way. And you can see it filtrating into the church as well. We have this sort of dual mindset about abundance. Everyone wants to prosper and succeed, but let anyone be prosper or succeed. We will make them feel guilty. So either they will step down or we'll accuse them to the point where we will cancel them. Or, or if they make a whole lot of money, sheesh, they better give it away. Like, you can't be richer than me. Everyone must have the same money because they put money and status and, and, and that into money. I mean, that's a generalization. Um, I can remember um, we, um, our family, we had money. It didn't come from the church or anything that we did. We got uh, money and we bought this really, really nice house. As a result of buying this really nice house, some things really went wrong. Some really good friends of ours 
Um, it was just the most painful, one of the most painful things I've ever gone through. It just brought up things. And, you know, by the end, when we sold that house, um, I, I actually, I can remember being on my, my, my knees and saying, God, I don't, I, I even feel emotional. I said, God, I don't want a, I don't want a big house. I don't, want a, I don't want a nice car. I don't want any of those things. They just bring pain. They just bring pain because other people, I, you know, they, they brought pain through people. They can't deal with that. So I'd rather not have it. And I can remember, like, I, I don't want any of that. And I can remember that went on for months and months and years. And I can remember I was walking. I was going on a, a prayer walk once. God was speaking to me and he said, Debbie, um, why? Um, he said, I want to bless you. Thank you. And said, but, but God said to me, you're, because whenever I got blessed after that, I would try and hide it. Or as I thought, if I, if I could hide the blessing, like if I got favor on my life, I'm not talking even about money. There were some things of favor happened in our lives. And there were people who, if I told them, they treated me completely differently. And things happened that I just got hurt. So, and if God got favor in my life, I wanted to just hide that favor. <laughs> I was so scared of what it was going to do to the people around me and the effect that it was going to have on me. And so God said to me, you know what, Debbie? If I bless you, like you're hiding it. You're embarrassed of my, bless- my blessing. And also in the world culture that we're in, if you're blessed... You, I mean, I listen, with a dose of blessing in our world comes a dose of guilt. Yeah. Listen, you know, it's true. If you're going to be blessed, you might as well expect guilt you know, to come right on the heels of it in our world, right? And I felt like the Lord saying to me, you're despising my blessing. You're embarrassed of me blessing you, hiding it, and I want to bless you. And you know what? I just said, uh, I mean, I literally, I was repenting. And the Lord showed me, he said, Debbie, in my word, I show you that I bless you to be a blessing. Anyone that is blessed, if they're a, obviously, if they're an open um, channel, I have, God has to bless someone to bless the world. Someone has to stand up and say, okay. I am going to be blessed. Someone has to be bold enough and brave enough. And that's what he was asking me. He said, will you be bold enough to stand up and say, I am prepared to be blessed. I'm prepared for all the flack, etc., etc. Because this is your way to bring blessing to the earth. He's got no other way. He's like, what's going to bring it? Like bubble up from the ground. You know? No, God uses people. It's all the way through the Bible. He's going to bless you to be a blessing. The Bible says that there's this one place in the Bible where it says, pray for your city, that it goes well, etc., etc., so that you can prosper and be well. You should be praying for everyone around you to be blessed because when they're blessed, you're going to be blessed. But we're so caught up and obsessed with ourselves that we're in this jealousy thing where we, we find like we're, our identity and, and who we are is so based on our favor and, our, uh, and, and, and the riches and whatever not there is. Anyway, um, 
So I, so I repented. I said, okay, Lord. And I, I repent with fear and trembling, really. I really do. I, that's my, I repent with fear and trembling. And I, in the sense of trusting God um, that, that he will be there in this, in this environment, in this world that we are um, living. When someone else is blessed... Um, well, at least, let me just say this. Jealousy exposes a poverty mindset. Jealousy exposes a poverty mindset. If you have a mindset of limits, a poverty mindset, what you're saying is, how can these people prosper? How can these people be, have so much money when others are starving? Because we think we're in this close system where there's only so much money in the world. And if you have that much of money, there's less for me. Um, If you have an abundance mindset, when people are blessed, you think, the world's getting better. I'm going to be blessed because they're blessed. Okay, like if if someone's company is prospering, they're creating jobs for other people to prosper, and that's going to have spin-off effects. Other companies, they're going to prosper. They are, and then we can also say, they're showing us this person is prospering, and I can see that they're showing me that there's a way to access abundance. They're giving us opportunities, and I celebrate their success thinking, if it can happen to them, it can happen to me. Because God's abundant, like we just said, looking at Israel. Yeah, you know, in the, um, in the desert, God can make anything happen. It's because they, they aren't having this limited mindset that there's only so many people who can be rich. Only so, many, so much resources in the world that we live in. Only so much favor, etc., etc. The interesting thing is, and I mean, I looked at this and I thought, oh, they're very interesting. I mean, it really comes very slaps in the face of our world culture right now (laughs) Um, and what um, liberalism is saying. Matthew 25 verse 29 says, for everyone who has will be given more. Think about that. That's a kingdom principle. Anyone who has will be given more. What does our world say at the moment? Anyone who has needs to have it taken away from them. (laughs) Anyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. There's another scripture in the Bible that says, faithful with little, ruler over much. The Bible is so not against people prospering. The Bible is not against rich people. In fact, it's quite scriptural, as we've read here, for God to actually bless them more if they are faithful with what he's given them. However, the Bible does have instruction to rich people, and I want to say this too, okay? It's just like, okay, there's, you know, we... the, the problem, one of the reasons why we are in the state of where we are when we talk about people who are prospering um, is that we think um, because a lot of rich people are really still living the self-life, 
and they just hoard it all for themselves instead of being the conduit and blessing. Okay, so I'm going to read 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19, which is um, God's instruction to bless people. And when I read it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to take note of the rich, not just financially rich, but rich in true riches and rich in favor and whatever it might be. Okay, so this is it. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be ag- arrog- <laughs> arrogant, What's arrogance? It's the opposite of meekness. So command them to be meek. In other words, they trust fully in God, right? Not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It's like he said to the rich young ruler, you know, if you want to follow me, sell everything. Give it to the poor and come. They, if you're rich, you need to still be in that place. Like you could give everything away if God asked you to. And he doesn't ask everyone. He asked that man because he knew that man who was rich didn't trust him with everything. But if you are rich, you should be one who could give it all away because you trust God. No faith in your finances. Command them to do good. <coughs> In other words, to bless others, to be a blessing, because you're being blessed to be a blessing, and to be rich in good needs, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that, they, that is truly life. God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us, and he wants to bless us to be a blessing in every area. I hope mostly in true riches. I want true riches. They are long-lasting. But I believe he wants to bless us more than that. So wherever you find yourself, you can have faith that God will bless you where you are, whether that be in your job, whether that be in your family, wherever. He wants to bless you and receive his blessing. And when you receive it, be a blessing. But here is the end thing. You choose. Either you're going to rely on God, partner with the spirit of meekness, or you're going to rely on self. Self, I want to tell you, if you rely on God, generosity is a result. You can see this, like it says here, yeah, the, the, the um, wisdom of, um, of meekness, it's one of the fruits is graciousness, which is another word for generosity. That is, like, that is where generosity and giving, you're, there's this abundance, you're not afraid to give. On this side, self, whether you're poor or whether you're rich, you will not be generous. Yeah. Because you can't find it in you to let it go. So, let's pray. Father, we want to be people that are fully dependent and reliant on you. People who fully trust you. Lord, people who've set aside self, who not even 
it's not even, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't even, we're not even aware of it because we're so God conscious, so conscious of you. We want to, when people are blessed around us, we want to thank you for it. We want to be thankful and bless them in their blessing. We don't want to measure ourselves to have our security and our significance and value fully in you so that we can be generous. Come, Lord, and just come into our hearts and illuminate our hearts in this area. Illuminate where we are still relying on I just want to give us an opportunity again. When we look at our lives, there's some places where we see we're still so self-centered, so, so our effort is, what, is our source, our own strength. And I just want us to give, give us a time to repent and give ourselves fully over to the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Debbie Desmond. For more information, please visit nigeldebbie.org.